Welcome into the Saturday edition of the Fun Astrology Podcast. It's July the 9th. Thomas Miller here, and we are going to digest some financial astrology and some market information and all of this based and hinged from the newsletter, the weekly free published newsletter from who I think is the runaway dean of financial astrology, Ray Merriman. And this newsletter is available to you to download or to view at MMACycles.com. It is released every Friday evening, but if you subscribe, then you get an email and you can just click on it and off you go. It really is a great recap, not only of the markets, how you can stay in touch with the markets every week, but it is also obviously chock full of excellent financial astrology. So some of the way that you learn this stuff, whether it's medical astrology or evolutionary astrology or whatever kind of astrology you want to practice, is just being around it like this. You get into the conversation and you'll hear things that you don't understand, so you start looking them up until you can figure them out. You cast the charts. You just work with it. Then you start to see the patterns, and that's what Ray's work is really built on, are cycles and patterns. So he begins this week by saying it was a real struggle between the bulls and the bears with the global stock markets right now, and I would say amen to that. In fact, the really the pointed pinnacle of the week for me was early, early in the morning on Tuesday, Mars left Aries, its home sign for Taurus, at about 2.02 a.m., and then 30 minutes later, 25 minutes later, Mercury left its own sign of Gemini for cancer. And I mean not within five or six minutes. The market took a dive. It opened the next morning uh, or opened that morning down 600, 700 points. It did recover a lot of it. But that was just such a telling tale. And we've talked about on here when any planet changes signs, that's a marker of change. We certainly talked about this in the podcast this past week. We not only had one, we had two, and the moon that night changed signs, so really we had three. It was classic brilliance that even the world's most powerful supercomputers don't stand a candle to the sky. <laughs> so it really was a struggle between the bull and the bears. The chart pattern, Ray says, is still bearish. In many indices, like the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the S&P 500, forming lower highs and higher lows, now that's the sign of obviously a downward trending market when the highs do not get as high as the previous high. And this trend has been in effect since January 5th, except for a token new high in the Dow Jones Industrial Average on April 21st but that was not matched by either the NASDAQ or the S&P. So really to me, and he's saying here, the marker is January 5th was really the high of this market. And this is illustrative of the shifting that we're talking about here. Like we're not all in balance. We're not, everything is not moving together because he says that the NASDAQ took out its recent high, which was back on June 28th last week, took it out yesterday on Friday. But the other two indices did not yet. And even when we had that big drop in the middle of the week, the NASDAQ did not go down as far as the others. So the NASDAQ was stronger. It was stronger yesterday. He said this same case of intermarket divergence, separation, is unfolding in other regions as well. 
since the possible intermediate-term cycle low that occurred on June 17th, that was the most recent bottom, when Venus squared Saturn. And that is still holding in most all indices. So really, the kind of the summation of this is January 5th is still the high. That's the top. That's the peak of this market. And as far as the local, like what we're dealing with right now, June 17th is still the bottom. And this market right now is kind of flopping around in between those two. He has a couple of paragraphs here on the Pacific Rim indexes and the European indexes. I'll leave that for you to go to the website and take a look at those for yourself, mmacycles.com. But he says the pattern of most indices, and this is talking globally, was very consistent with our lunar calls. And that basically is behind us, so I won't regurgitate that, but it is something that I dissected this week and really put down to be able to stay up with and even maybe perhaps weave into the daily podcasts. But basically, the markets passed two important lunar cycle tests. One was the moon in Leo. The other was this week with the moon in Libra. And neither time did the market get down and even try to test that June 17th low. And then Ray says that all of this is being reported in his Twitter feed, which it is, and I've been following it. That's what I put together this past week and just really went back and dissected this. He said, I am enjoying my newfound voice with Twitter where I can guide our weekly and daily subscribers during each trading day. So if you don't follow us on Twitter on the Daily Reports, you're missing out on some exceptionally valuable posts that help monitor our daily and weekly outlooks. And I would say... A hearty thumbs up to that. It's the uh, Twitter is MMACycles.com. Other markets were even more stunning than stocks last week. Oh, got your attention? The U.S. dollar rose to its highest level since October 2002, while at the same time the euro currency fell to its par, its lowest mark since December of 2002. So the dollar is up, the euro is down. Tuck that away in the back of your mind because in the last paragraph of this newsletter that might come back to be revisited. Just a hint. <laughs> Gold also broke a critical level, 1750 to 1785, which is discussed in this week's YouTube interview, which, by the way, features Gianni DePoche and Ray Merriman. So you ought to check that out. That's the MMA Cycles on YouTube. Silver, by the way, plunged to a low of $18.70, a level not seen in two years. Now the section, the short-term geocosmics and longer-term thoughts. First of all, let's go back and compare this market to the market back in 2000, 20 years ago. He says the behavior of the stock market since the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction of December 20th, 2020, in other words, this one, is very similar to the pattern of the previous time these two planets conjoined in 2000. In fact, in late 1999 and early 2000, Jupiter and Saturn conjoined in Taurus, and that was square to Uranus in Aquarius. Rut-row, Scooby. <laughs> right there, your little ears ought to be perking up. What about Uranus, did you say? Well, that was back in the 2000 aspect, but Uranus is in Taurus, the money sign for this one. So he says in late 2020 through 2021, Jupiter and Saturn again conjoined, this time in Aquarius. 
square to Uranus in Taurus. Can I hear the Darth Vader music? So this aspect, the current one, was exactly opposite the setup involving the signs Jupiter and Saturn to Uranus last time. So in early 2000, that was a waxing square, an applying square moving toward it. This one was a waning square that ended in December of 2021. Now let's zoom up and get this in our heads. So we're talking about Jupiter and Saturn conjoining in the sky. That happened back in December of 2020. That's a 20-year cycle. So we go back to late 1999, early 2000, when it happened before. This time, it happened in Aquarius. Last time, it happened in Taurus. This time, the Aquarius conjunction squared Uranus in Taurus this time. Last time, it was backwards. The conjunction occurred in Taurus, squaring Uranus in Aquarius. So, we definitely have something that we should consider. And that's what he says. The behavior of the stock markets was almost identical. In early 2000, as the last passage of the square to Uranus ended, stock indexes made their all-time high and began a two-year-long decline into October of 2002. I remember that incredibly well. Interestingly enough, the low of October 2002 was within just a couple of days of the first passage of the Jupiter semi-square to Saturn, which was October 13, 2002, to July 9, 2003. This is the first one-eighth phase of the cycle, a sub-cycle that I have often referred to as the choice to continue or abort. And that brings us back to the very first sentence of how he began the newsletter, that this really is a struggle between the bulls and the bears in the global stock markets right now. Is the bear that began on January 5th going to continue or abort? Well, here we are again. (laughs) I remember somebody saying that one time. Well, here you go again. Well, here we are again, uh, approaching the first semi-square of Jupiter and Saturn since their conjunction of December 2020, and the last of the Saturn-Uranus squares in December of 2021, at least the exact squares. They're going to come back and kiss, but not exactly on the lips. So in early 2022, just one month after the final Saturn-Uranus square ended in December, Stocks have embarked upon a sharp decline, just as they did following the similar aspects in 2000. The only question is whether this decline is about to end as Jupiter begins its first of three semi-squares to Saturn, as it did back in October 2002. But he notes there was a second low in March of 2003, so what would that be, five months later? As the second semi-square took place or if this is just in the early stages of a much more serious decline that could last more than two years, as it did following the high back in January 2000. Again, we're in the middle. We don't know. And that is basically the summation of the discussion on the markets and the astrology. But he does end with this, and I think this is of special note. And again, you can see the additional context of this in the newsletter. But in talking about the end times, like where are we in humanity's timeline, 
He said, I'm not one to follow the beliefs of many that these are the end times. In fact, I am much more optimistic and perhaps unconventional about the future of humankind, believing that these periods of crises are necessary steps to be taken as we prepare for this next renaissance when Uranus moves into Gemini and trines Pluto in Aquarius in the latter half of this decade. I do not think that the current leadership of autocratic governments will take us there. They cannot be sustained. If they were the future, why are not more people trying to immigrate to those nations? Why do so many people want to immigrate to the United States? What does this tell you about the arc of human history and its future that is being written today? Just observe where the people of the world most want to live today and why. That is the light of the future of the world, of humanity's path of evolution. So where are we headed and why? Freedom, independence, respect for the individual and their rights, all Aquarian ideals. Yes, we stumble at first, but we are all in this together. We are all part of the same race, the human race. It is just as the concept of the air epoch, Jupiter and Saturn, conjoining now in air signs, portends for the next 140-plus years. Once we understand, just as Deepak Chopra stated, that every decision I make is a choice between a grievance and a miracle. You know what I love about that paragraph is the choice of the word renaissance. Because if you take a step back and realize that we are all under this big, even much longer cycle between Saturn and Pluto, the 250-year cycle, that happened in January of 2020. It last happened in 1518, but the time before that was in 1284. What happened in 1284 but a bridge between the Dark Ages and the Italian Renaissance? During that time was a period of dark tunnel, basically all of the 1300s. I believe that time is moving faster today, obviously, but... If you trace Saturn and Pluto back, you see dark tunnels and you see incredible renaissances. In fact, in every case, it was far better after the tunnel than before. I agree, and so does Robert Glasscock. When Ray Merriman here says the current leadership of autocratic governments will not take us there, they need to be changed. The whole system is broken, and we all know it. And we have come to the planet to be part of that change. And part of that change is spiritual consciousness. And you know, we can even apply that to the markets because as things perhaps decline in some areas, if we are aware of those declines, we can profit from them. And equally, as things start to rebuild, we can profit from that too. That really is the beauty of the markets. If it's going down, you can make money. If it's going up, you can make money. Now, I know a lot of people are sitting on 401ks very nervous right now, wondering, when is this thing going to turn? Is it going to be okay? This is not a blog or an audio podcast of financial advice. Far from it. 
This is a look at the sky and a look at the charts from one of the people who has been doing this from the very longest with me just trying to chime in to make it a little bit easier to understand. For portfolio decisions, that's your financial advisor, your intuition, your spouse, your partner, wherever you go for financial counsel. But one of the reasons why I love being able to do this is that as we collectively understand what's going on here, for some of us, we may use that information in the future. And it's also excellent to be focusing on these cycles. Now, one other cycle that happens every year is between July 4th all the way to Labor Day. All of the big money traders head to the Hamptons. Trading gets really slow. The markets are more volatile sometimes because they're easier to move around because there's not as much volume. And sometimes trend identification, like he's talking about here, can be more difficult. Now, a couple of things that I'm seeing for the week ahead, basically the biggest one will be on the 13th, and that is the full moon in Capricorn. So typically, according to the lunar cycles, we might see a low point in the market within two days after that, which of course would put it toward the end of the week. Another big financial aspect next week will be on Thursday when Venus squares Neptune, which is in retrograde. So the moon will be in Sagittarius on Monday, moves into Capricorn on Tuesday, full moon on Wednesday, Venus squares Neptune on Thursday, then the moon moves into Aquarius on Thursday, where it stays for the rest of the trading week. So how we interpret these and bring them into the market is that those are all pivot points. So do you see, (laughs) if you look at that and then you read this line again, it really is a struggle between the bulls and the bears right now. Well, it might not get any better next week. It sounds like just back and forth like ping pong to me. But we'll keep an eye on it on the Fun Astrology Podcast all week next week. I love the Renaissance. Man, that was just great. We are headed toward a Renaissance. I firmly believe that, and so many other people do. When you hear somebody of the stature of Ray Merriman echo the same thing, it's like, wow, yes, thumbs up, double thumbs up. You guys have a great weekend. I am going to come back tomorrow and answer some listener questions. So we'll see you then. 